Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday. I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, if you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10X and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above, or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, happy new year. Oh my God, it's like the- I can do it. I, because it, no, it's is like- Is it February It's yet? a season, honey. It's a season. It, <laughs> it's a season of 2019. All right. Kimberly Murgatroyd, welcome to your show. <laughs> 
How are you, honey? I'm so wonderful. How are you? I'm good. You know what we're going to talk about? What are we talking about? We are going to talk about the five health strategies that we're using in 2019. And by the way, this is not just some BS, let's talk about how we're going to get healthy for the new year and lose 10 pounds. This is us really stepping into what are the things that we're changing why are we changing them and why are they important to us? And as with everything in life, as we get older, we look at things a little bit differently. As Kim said last week, she, uh, she uh, re-quoted somebody's quote, the youth is wasted on the young, right? <laughs> it so is. It oh my God. It is. All right. So Kim, lead us through this. What is number one? Well, you know, well, before you get to that, you know, our goals through the years, now 15 years together, right? So our goals through the years have definitely changed. I know my 25-year-old self was really focused on looking good in a bikini and attracting you. <laughs> and, and, and and it worked, honey. And it worked. It worked. So mazel it was a, to me. Mazel to you. But, you know, or mazel to you, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the goal was not my health. It was more um, vanity. It was um, fitting in, you know, cute clothes and all that stuff. And because that was you, mine too. I just wanted a cute outfit. You just wanted a cute outfit. I actually know your goals because I met you. I was your trainer. How you like that right there? How you like them apples? A podcast for another day. A podcast for another day. So, but you, your goals were the same. They were vanity metrics. There wasn't emphasis on the inside, the health. Um, and now as I'm not sure when this is airing, but it could be right on my birthday. I am turning 40 and you are now 105. And thank, our, thank you. Thank you, honey. You're thank welcome. you. Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and so the goal has changed. The goal has shifted. I look at Sophia and I say, I need to be here for a really long time to guide this soul and to absorb all of the amazing things she's going to be bringing into this world. And I don't want to miss that. So our goals are changing, right? Yeah, I mean they're they're changing. You know, like like you said, you know, it was it was more about making for me. I could speak as a guy. It was more about going to the gym, pushing iron, making sure that you know my biceps looked a certain way, my chest looked a certain way. You know, I never had to do legs because you know what I mean. Like guys don't do legs, right? You're we're like just, you're like yeah. you're like an apple with two sticks coming out. Yeah, basically Jersey Shore, right? <laughs> um, no, but it was, hey, it was it was all about what can I do in the gym so that when I get in when I get onto the beach I look good and I am you know I I would love to say to you that vanity doesn't matter to me but I am one vain motherfucker there's no question about that but the way that I'm looking yes but the way that I'm looking at this now is there is if I'm really being honest it's probably for me now, where it's 60% focusing on being a kick-ass 100-year-old while still looking good at the beach, okay? Well, the reality is if you do all the things we're about to talk about, you're going to look amazing. So it doesn't matter, right? So let's let's talk about it. Okay, so the first one is... Dr. Hyman, right? He, we, is that his name? She, she said Hyman. <laughs> that is his name, right? Yes, it's, okay. his, it's his name. It and is, I'll, by the way, I'll, I'll never have him on the show because every time I say his name, I laugh. But I go, know. And but go ahead. But he's incredible. And we saw him at Lewis House Summit of Greatness. And he was amazing. And he talks about, you know, eating uh, less meat, less animal product, more plants, more nuts, more seeds, like things like that. 
And he has tons and tons of science to back it up. Again, I'm not gonna, I'm not talking to you right now about weight loss. I'm not talking about losing your belly fat. I'm not talking about that or getting into skinny jeans. We're talking about actual health in your body. So are there other things that will listen, any any diet will help you lose weight. You restrict calories, you burn more of them, and guess what? You lost weight. Congratulations. But it could probably be muscle. What I love about his research is that it is health-based. It's disease. It's relieving disease-based. And that, to me, is what I'm really focusing now in the second half of my life. Here's what he said, which really struck me. He said, look, people are talking about paleo. People are talking about keto. People are talking about vegan. We can spend our whole freaking life saying, "Should should I be paleo? Should I be keto? Should I be a vegan? And debating the differences between all three. Or we can look at what the three things have in common and take the 80-20 on it. So there are certain things, like they all agree processed food is bad. They all agree eating more vegetables is good. There's, there's small differences in where they disagree. He says, disregard it. Like just put most of your focus on the principles that are the same for all three of them. And for me, that made the most logical sense. It makes the most logical sense. Um, You can still get protein in in many other ways and it doesn't just have to come from animals. And what I love about this too is when I read, um, what's the book uh, with the guy with the cancer? Oh, Love, Medicine, and Miracles by Bernie Siegel. Thank you. When I read Love, Medicine, and Miracles, that's the other thing. So, you know, when my best friend got diagnosed with cancer, we both decided to read this book at Rob's recommendation. And it was life-changing because there are things that people did. He recorded, you know, the patients that came in and they, that ended up passing and the patients that came in and ended up, you know, beating cancer and living a great life. And what were the things that they did? And one of them was eating less meat and a lot of them went vegan. So there is so much data to support this. And again, please hear me. I'm not talking about getting abs. I'm talking about actual health in your body. Now, he also said, Yep. now let me not confuse you because vegetarians die too. Vegetarians die too, yep. And so it's not just that, but when I'm seeing all of the data and the research for just eat a little bit less. And look, I'm Greek. I will eat lamb until I die. Like I I love lamb. I like red meat. I actually am not that much of a fan of chicken, but I do want to eat less. And so that is something that we've been doing in 2018, the tail end of 2018. And now going into 2019, like last night we had tacos with sweet potatoes, kale and cabbage. It was amazing. What does that look like in real life? Like how much, I don't know what I eat. You just put a plate under my face. I just eat what you tell me. Like how much meat do we eat? Like how many times a week do we eat either chicken or beef? Well, we only eat it once a day at all anyway. Like there's very rarely, well, for me, I don't eat it really more than once a day. And I am implementing more vegetarian meals into our week. So I guess I'm aiming for like three or four times a week to have meat. And this is another thing. Like when we did the Blue Zone podcast and we talked about Ikaria in Greece, they don't eat meat very much. And it's a it's a actual like during the holiday or something like that, they don't eat, they're like the only Greek island that doesn't eat a lot of meat. And they have the longest longevity in one of the highest longevities in the world. So there is something to be said for it. 
All right, let me talk to you about the next area, which is uh, training. So yes. we, we alluded to earlier, you know, training. So you, when you were like, when you were in the cover of magazines, right? Oh when God. you were in your heyday, when you were Lana Turner, right? Okay, I was never Lana Turner. And by the way, there's nobody listening to this podcast who even knows who the hell Lana Turner is. That's how old I am. But when you were a pinup girl, right? Back, oh my God. Back okay, in- you're making me sound like I was in Hustler. <laughs> back in the day. Okay, I was a fitness competitor. Can we just be super clear that I was not a stripper? Yes. Okay, yes. You're fitness <laughs> I mean, we both wear clear heels, but that's besides the point. Which is a weird thing. It in is itself. a weird thing. What was your training back then mostly? Like, was it in two buckets, like weights and cardio? Yep. Okay. That's it. So that's kind of what mine was too, right? Weights, so it was, cardio, and barely touch my toes. Right. I did, yeah, I didn't, have the, <laughs> I didn't have the clear heels, although I did have the sparkly bikini, but I, I, I just, I, I've decided that I wanted to add some things. So we talked about this last night in preparation for this episode. I, I told her, write down yoga competitively. So I'm not going to do a yoga competition. Don't get me wrong. But for me, when I started doing yoga, I walked in and said, okay, all I, like my first goal, it's hot yoga. My first goal was, don't die. can I get through the heat of this room? Like if I sat there lying in Shavasana, which is basically lying on your back and, or even child's <laughs> pose for the 60 minutes and I was able to get through the heat of basically Miami in August at, <laughs> at noon, okay, then that was enough. And then the next goal was for me to actually do the exercises and perform them in some way that even resembled the poses. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm looking at it differently because I can actually do them. I'm saying, okay, how do I do this in a, I'm going to use the word competitive because I don't know what other word to use, but in the same way that if I was doing a bench press and I was like going, okay, I'm going for a personal record here. I want to go give it all I got. How does that apply Intensity is probably a better word. How does that apply in the yoga world? And it's a very interesting thing to do because what yoga does for me, we haven't talked about this, but what yoga does for me in a cardiac kind of way is it helps you get deep into the parasympathetic as opposed to just doing cardio where you're just doing, uh, as opposed to just doing uh, cardio where you're, you're, your heart is racing a million miles an hour. This is like this weird thing of like, you're like slowing your heart down, but it's speeding up at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like the spacing between the beats in the way of like it's a heart rate. It's literally or- interval training because if I, with my whoop, if you look at your yoga data, it's interval training. Really, really your interesting. Your heart rate goes really high and then it drops low and then it goes really high and then it drops low. Yoga and competitively, I think is a really good way to phrase it because I'm competing with myself. Sometimes I'm in my mind competing with other people in the class, even though I know I shouldn't be because yoga is not a competition. Keep reminding myself of that. Um, but it's it's a, it's a, I do it in a fun way. It's not like I'm going to beat you, motherfucker. Like, it's not like that. It's more like, oh my God, okay, well, I'm striving to be better. And so I want to, I want to do better. I want to be better. And every time I'm in there, I go deeper into the pose. Now I have, what? when did I start yoga? Like last year in like Probably. March or April? Yeah. It was so, I mean, it's not even been a year yet, but I remember when I first went in the room, I went into the back corner of the class every time, back hidden corner. Like I wanted to be in the darkest, most removed place ever. I couldn't touch my toes. I'm an ex-gymnast that couldn't cut, touch her toes. Okay, this is bad. I had struggled to hold the poses my balance was horrible. 
I was falling over, just like basically standing up. I was basically standing up and falling over. Like it was really bad. And after I had Sophia, I really struggled getting back into fitness. Uh, that was uh, that was hard for me. And when I walked into yoga, it was rough. I remember you'll you'll appreciate this, Rob, and anyone that that does yoga. I remember the first class that did Om at the end. And this will show how cardiovascular um, this is. So OM is where you know you do the chant. And so you have to breathe in real deep and you chant, you know, OM. So it goes on for a little while. <laughs> like the chant's the long chant. And at <laughs> You're first, like going, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at first I was like, oh like I was done. I ran out of air. There was nothing left. And I was like, oh my God, this how are these people going this long? Now I can own with the best of them. And that just shows the increase in my cardiovascular and my breathing. And there have been so many changes. I, today was interesting for me because like I said, uh, um, let's call it nine months ago, I started yoga and back left corner of the room every single time. Ask me where I was today. Front row. Front row, right look corner at, pocket. Look at you in the front row. And it's not, it's not like a vanity thing. It's actually a confidence thing. I would have never, ever, ever put my ass in that front row before. And now, the, believe me, there's plenty of yogis up there that are probably you know in their head going, why is this check in the front row? But I like that front corner pocket now and it's a good spot for me. So, But the confidence that's increased and the flexibility, all of these things, this is what I'm talking about with being like a kick-ass hundred-year-old. Elderly people fall, right? They have a fall like RBG. RBG just fell right? She cracked some ribs and now she's down for the count. And then infections come and then this comes and then that comes. And the fall is usually the trigger. Why do people fall? Because they have no flexibility. They have no muscle strength to hold themselves up. They're wobbly. They don't have balance. And so these functional things in your functional body isn't being challenged. Therefore, when you get older, you fall over, you crack your rib. I remember my grandmother fell once, hit her head on the kitchen counter and ended up in the hospital for like two weeks. And that was the beginning of the end. And so- Well, this is, this is the point of the kick-ass 100-year-old yeah. because one of the first things that happens as you age is that you wind up, your balance yeah. winds up getting yeah. off. So you need to train things for balance. All yes. right, let's All talk right, so a little bit. Two. Let's talk a little bit about sleep. Yeah, sleep. Your favorite we, subject. We have never ever dove into sleep in our, you know, we never considered sleep in our fitness routines other than the last couple of months, yeah. and uh, that is in large part due to documenting our sleep via the wearable uh, Whoop app that we talk about so much. It's incredible. We're not going to go into detail about Whoop or how it documents sleep, but basically, in short. Sleep is, you know, it's it's literally a third of your day, right? It's eight hours of the 24. And so much magic happens during that time. So much restorative magic happens that, you know, we have become so... Um, Sleepophiles? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like when you start measuring what happens if you have more than two drinks and how that affects your deep sleep and um, how many hours of sleep you're getting, are you sleep deprived or not? So many things are factors in that, that we have created a sleep architecture, you know, that there's, let, let's put it this way. We, there, there are in shorts, blackout curtains, 
cool temperature in the room, no devices in the room, no television in the room, hot bath before you go to sleep, read, but fiction, not something that's going to get you going. Journaling. Journaling, meditation. That's like a laundry list, right? If you did one of those things that I just mentioned, chances are your sleep would be better. But here's the point. Consider today when you go home, and you may laugh when you hear this, but what does your sleep architecture look like? In other words, what does that ritual at night look like for you? And if that ritual looks like you're getting in your bed and you guys are watching the news before you go to sleep and you have your phone next to your nightstands, I promise you, you are not getting the value of sleep that you need to get. There's so many people that are doing great work from Ariana Huffington to Sean Stevenson on sleep that, you know, it's worth it. I, I looked at all of this and went, I, I put my head in the pillow and I go to sleep. No, there is so much more because when you wear a wearable, you see what really happens. Just because your eyes are closed and you're sleeping does not mean that you're getting the quality of sleep that you need. So I would strongly recommend that you Google Whoop so that you can track it and that you get Sean Stevenson's book on sleep or Ariana Huffington's book on sleep. They're both excellent. And I'll leave it there. All right. Awesome. Uh, Next up, minerals. So, you know, I talk, for me, I talk pretty much all day about minerals and the importance of that. A lot of people think, you know, you scroll your Facebook and you see everyone and their mother selling some sort of uh, fitness supplement or whatever. And for me, our entire company is based around um, minerals. Our founder is the master formulator for many nutritional products on the market in the 80s and the 90s. And then he came and created the product he really wanted to create, uh, which is the one that Rob and I use. And he is known as the mineral man. Uh, Why are minerals important? Well, basically, they're no longer in our our soil supply. Our soils where farming happens are being over-farmed. They're not being remineralized. When you have minerals in soil and then you grow carrots... The minerals from the soil go into the carrots. You eat the carrots, you get the minerals in your body, your teeth, your everything, your bones, your health, just every part of your health. You need vitamins and minerals together. Frankly, the minerals are not in the water. Yeah, they're not in anything. The way they used to be. So we're yeah. we're actually using... Well, when you have spring water, so that's why... So I, I never understood why like mountain spring water was the thing where it's running over the rocks. Well, guess what? When it runs over the rocks, it absorbs minerals. And that kind of stuff is is decreasing because everything is being like bleached out and, you know, nasty stuff is getting put into our bodies because of, um, you know, I guess greed, wanting to make more money over farming so you can keep up with the supply and all of these things. So minerals are so important to your body and to your health. And for a lot of people don't even realize they're not getting the minerals that they need. And so whenever... Someone says to me, oh, I don't need shakes. I just like whole food. Well, I think that's great. Um, knock yourself out with whole food. But you're not getting... I'm, I have more minerals in my shake right here than you do in that giant salad you just ate because mine is actually infused with minerals that you can't find that are not in the grocery store. 
and that your body really needs to be able to function properly. And so, you know, there are a lot of products out there with minerals. I know, Rob, you use some drops and you put them in your water. I do. You know, wh- one of the things that you just made me think of, think of is the person that says, um, I just eat whole food. And if you follow that person around, I promise you, yeah. they're not eating whole food. They're, I know. E- they're, they're, eating, they're eating McDonald's. I just want to eat real foods and then they eat a bunch of shit. Yeah, there's a difference between the theory and what they're actually doing. But yes, I use... Um, I use, uh, I got to find the name of it. I'll link it up in the show notes. I'll tell, uh, I'll tell these guys to link it up. But basically, um, I listened to, uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to his podcast already, Ben Greenfield is freaking amazing. Um, he's a super nerd when it comes to this stuff, super geek. And he's, when, it, when you talk about like a human guinea pig, this guy's implanting things in his body that is insane. Anyway, he talked about water and he convinced me you know, if you want to go next level, like we all know you're supposed to drink water, but if you want to go next level and drink water that actually has value for you, it has value just drinking the water. But if you want to soup it up, you got to put the trace minerals back. So yep. I'll, I'll link up in the show notes what the name of the trace mineral. And basically I just put little 10 little drops into 40 ounces. Yep. Um, and it used to taste like a fish tank to me, <laughs> um, but, it, but it doesn't anymore. Let's, but yeah, but let, so now just to wrap that in a bow, so you can get minerals like what you're talking about with Ben Greenfield, add them to that. Uh, you can get other supplements that have minerals, trace minerals in it. But that's the point. The point is... Don't just rely on whole foods. Um, UCLA did a study of spinach in 1953 and compared it to spinach in 1997 at one particular farm in California. And you needed 43 bowls of spinach in 1997 to equal the amount of vitamins and minerals that was in the 1953. What do you think that is now? So minerals are lacking in your food. If you're feeling like a little like shit and you're like, oh my God, I eat so healthy, but I still am dragging, guess what? You're not getting enough vitamins and minerals. You basically need to be Popeye. Yep, Popeye. All right, let's wrap it up with gut health. Yes, so this gut health is all the rage, right? So we have digestive enzymes, which are, um, they actually help you digest different foods, hard foods. Uh, Sometimes because I don't eat a ton of meat, I really try to take uh, some digestive enzymes before big meals. Um, I like to bring them to Greece because we go out to um, Scorpios and we have that like massive meal of lamb and all of the amazing stuff that's on the table. And instead of feeling, you know, gassy, bloated, you know, having indigestion, digestive enzymes really help. Um, the other thing that really helps for gut health is probiotics. And this is just good for keeping the health of your gastrointestinal tract in check. And it's, you know, listen, your immune system is in your gut. 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So the healthier your gut is using probiotics, digestive enzymes, the healthier you're going to feel, the less irritable bowel and all leaky gut and all of these things that are going to happen. Bone broth is another really good thing that you can use to heal and seal the gut so you don't have that leaky gut. And By the way, why is why are the words associated with gut health so disgusting? I know, they why are. is it like leaky, yeah. irritable, yeah. bowel? Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's nothing sexy about a gut. There's, it's disgusting. Yeah. And when you say to somebody, oh, he has a gut, like we all have a gut even, technically. Even gastro, it's like gas and bloating and indigestion. Mm, well. It's disgusting. Disgusting. It is disgusting, but there are ways to make it less disgusting. Um, so the last thing that I'd say about gut health, so three things, just to recap, digestive enzymes, probiotics, uh, bone broth, and then fasting. 
Fasting allows, whether you're doing intermittent fasting each day, like 16 hours fasting, eight hours, you know, with an eating window, or if you're doing what I do, which is the 24 to 48 hour fast, you know, a couple of times a month, either way, you are allowing your digestive tract to repair and to regenerate, which is going to increase the health of your gut, increase the good bacteria in your gut and increase your immune system. So that's why gut health is so important. Peter Atia, if you don't know who he is, he's got an amazing podcast, a super technical he's when it comes to this He's the kick-ass 100-year-old guy. He's the kick-ass 100-year-old guy. And he said something. He said, I don't fast to lose weight, although I do lose weight, but that's not why I fast. He said, I fast because the evidence is incontrovertible that your risk of cancer Mm-hmm. goes down by 40% if you have a regular intermittent fasting practice. And then he, ex- he goes on to explain why, which he loses me every time he explains it. But the point is that if you make it a part of a practice, and one of the things that Kim and I have been doing is we've been fasting daily until noon. So it's a nice, easy way to, you know, like play school 101, just sort of start getting your body into fasting before you do maybe what Kim's talking about, the 24 or 48 hour uh, fast. Yeah, I, I love that with Peter Atia because there's so much research with fasting. There even, I read research the other day that oncologists are having uh, patients fast for 24 to 48 hours prior to getting chemotherapy because it increases the immune system and it gives them so much more energy. So then they go into chemotherapy and there's less downside for them coming out of chemotherapy once they have bumped that immune system up. And I mean, there's so many things with fasting. So you're not starving your body. Uh, Rob and I choose to do a nutritionally supported fast where we're actually taking something that has aloe vera and trace minerals and vitamins during the day, but we're allowing that digestive system to rest itself and repair. Well, there you have it. Those are your five health strategies to rock your 2019. That's it, everybody. Have a great week. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.